Jansen Alex Brewer and Daniel Joe Braden were from St. Joseph's, Tennessee. They had both had run-ins with the law, but hadn't known each other very long. Accounts differ, but on August 19, 2016, they were fishing with another man, but then left him because Jansen and Daniel said they had something to take care of. They were never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. Last week on Unfound, we talked about names, specifically last names. Even more specifically, we discussed how the last name of a suspect may or may not be playing a role in the investigation of a disappearance. Some of you ended up believing that it is. Some of you, well, not so much. This week, we are staying on the theme of names, but we are going to the opposite end of the scale to discuss how a fake name might be playing a role in the disappearance. Because in the disappearance of Jansen Brewer and Daniel Braden, while Jansen always used his real name, Daniel was known to use a variety of fake names, but the name Sean was the one he used most often. And it was this name Daniel was using the day the two disappeared. We are tasked to try to figure out if by using this alias, was Daniel trying to cover up something he and Jansen were going to do? And something happened to both of them. Or was Daniel trying to cover up something he alone was going to do, also known as murder? And now a summary of the case. Jansen Brewer, for all intents and purposes, was a good guy, but not a perfect guy. Yes, he had some run-ins with the law, spent some time in jail, but none of the crimes were violent or an invasion of anyone's property. But he also had heartache in his life. His son died at three years old after a complicated surgery, but Jansen did his best to be a good father to his little girl. On the other hand, Daniel Braden was a violent career criminal, going back to at least the early 1990s. On top of that, he wasn't above snitching and setting up other criminals in an effort to get his own sentences reduced. He was known for his physical and mental abuse of the women in his life right up to the day he disappeared. How the two met was through a mutual acquaintance, Scotty Hughes, although the belief is that Jansen and Daniel had not known each other very long before they both disappeared. So on August 19, 2016, Jansen made plans to go fishing with a friend, Chris Luna. At some point, Daniel Braden met up with them. Accounts differ, but either that evening or the next morning, Daniel and Jansen told Chris they had to go take care of something, possibly making a trip to Florida. They were never seen again. The following factors have contributed to the lack of a resolution in this case. Number one, it seems that neither Jansen nor Scotty nor Chris knew Daniel's real name. Instead, all of them knew him as Sean. Number two, Scotty Hughes claims Jansen, Daniel, and Chris spent the night of August 19th at his house before the two left, never to be seen again. Yet Chris said Jansen and Daniel left from the fishing spot. And number three, Jansen at the time of the disappearance was driving Scotty's truck. 
It is also missing, yet Scotty never filed a report to be on the lookout for his vehicle. Jansen's family believes foul play has occurred, whether by Daniel or some other person or group. The guest for this episode is Jansen's mother, Laura Jenkins. I was also able to speak to a couple of people who knew Daniel well. I will relay their thoughts and feelings on this case after the interview. Unfound News As was announced on the live Facebook show I do on Wednesday nights on the Unfound podcast page, I will be moving the live show to YouTube starting the first Wednesday of 2019. The reasons for this were explained on the November 7th live show. You can replay the video on Facebook or YouTube if you're interested to hear those reasons. I will be posting periodic updates between now and 2019 to make sure everyone remembers. Next, also covered during the live show this past November 7th, I will be making a push to increase Patreon support. Unfound currently has 71 patrons. That's not very many compared to podcasts of similar audience size. I would like to double the support to 150 by the end of 2018. More details and explanations on this topic can be found in the live show. If you aren't a Patreon supporter, you can be one for as low as 6.66 cents per day. Current Patreon supporters, I think, will tell you that it's one of the best deals going on Patreon currently. Finally, speaking of YouTube, within the next couple weeks, I'll be posting some samples of me speaking about various topics, including missing persons cases, media, and podcasting. These will be sent to various groups and schools in an effort to secure more speaking engagements. I'll be working very hard on this in 2019, but I think you will find the samples interesting as well. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. Concerning Facebook, at least until the end of 2018, please join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Unfound live show on the Unfound page. I also need to give a shout out to all the new followers on the Podomatic app. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. The website at TribTotalMedia, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. Unfound has Patreon and PayPal accounts. The Patreon account is patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You automatically get access to the private Unfound blog, and you get a free ebook with a $2 per month contribution. That's 6.66 cents, not dollars, but cents per day. And this week, I need to thank Lori, Stephanie, Kelly, Pamela, Sherry, Josh, Dan, Becky, and Dara. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, you can do that at PayPal. The PayPal account is unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Unfound merchandise, volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4 on Amazon in both paperback and ebook form. If you've bought one of them... Please give them some nice reviews. The playing cards at makeplayingcards.com, the shirts at myshopify.com, and please mention Unfound on all True Crime Facebook pages and other websites and forums. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the mother of Jansen Brewer, Laura Jenkins. Laura, welcome to Unfound. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Let's start here like we always do on Unfound. Let's talk about your son and the kind of guy that he uh, is. Um, how would you portray your son uh, growing up? What was he into and his interests and things like that? He was um, happy, jolly, energetic little boy. He was uh, real hyperactive. He had ADHD and he... Um, he would do anything for anybody. He was just, he was a sweet little boy that would give a person a shirt off his back. Um, mm-hmm. He was always happy and energetic. Um, well-mannered. He was always well-mannered. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And, you know, just, and he was, he'd get along with other kids real well. He was real smart. Um, mm-hmm. He was on the, honor row and um, principal's list and you know he was just um a good kid growing up what was some of his interests was he into like hunting and fishing anything like that he liked some he liked fish he did like to do that yeah um he was into videos as kids always do he loved videos video games yeah okay yeah um girls as he got older um uh-huh okay uh, how did how about um did you have any other uh children besides jansen any other did he have any brothers and sisters he did he had two brothers he had a older brother named joshua brewer right who and, I've talked to, um, sure and he had a um his middle brother jo- uh, jansen was the baby okay. um, his middle brother jonathan wesley brewer and Johnson was always the quiet one of the bunch. Jensen and Josh was always the rowdy two ones, and ones that was always talkative and always into something. Yeah. John was always he'd play to himself. He was quiet. He was a quiet child. Uh huh. Um, and how did so, the three of them get along? I mean, they might add some different personalities. How did Jensen fit in, and did they do a lot of things together? They did. Uh, Jansen was a little one. He was always trying to fit in because he wanted to be as big as they were. He was always interrupting them. And, but he got along better with the oldest child, Joshua. Uh, Joshua was a big protective brother that was always, um, never wanted me to spank him or anything for him. He, he thought he'd never done no wrong. It's just the way he did. And, uh-huh. Um, he was overprotective over him. Right. When he was little. Right. Joshua and, wanted a sister, but he didn't get a sister. He had a, a little brother, but he, you know, he was just overprotective with him. Yeah. Well, that must have been quite a handful, uh, three young boys in the house, Laura. It was. <laughs> it was <laughs> it really was. They kept you busy, right? Yes, they did. They kept me on their, my toes, okay. especially Jansen, you know. Okay. Uh, and I know that Joshua said that, uh, and, and the listeners said I got to talk to Joshua for about 40 minutes about a week ago, um, that they like to go swimming. There was like a local swimming hole somewhere in a river or something that they used to go swimming. Where was that? Yes, they did. Um, we, um, when they were growing up, we used to go down to, um, 
we'd go to Rockford Ford and uh, down when I, uh, on the farm where the Jenkins family lived, it was a place called Toddhoe, and it was a little swimming place, uh, like a little rock, and you'd jump off of into the creek. But um, when we moved to Waynesboro, Tennessee, they were, it was just right walking distance down uh, under a bridge. It was a good swimming hole down under there, and people would go and have picnics and grill mm-hmm. out and stuff. The kids would want to hang out all day long, and it was, you know, uh, we'd go to the creek and take snacks and everything, just hang out all day long. They'd have a wonderful time during the summer and stuff. Okay. Well, that does sound so like, that all sounds all like a beautiful, them. that does sound like a beautiful Tennessee summer day. Yeah. yeah and they love to camp. We love camping. Um, we would go boating a lot and skiing. They love to, um, wow. kneeboard. And, um, we had a, a big old thing called Bertha. It was a twister like in the water. And they just love riding it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they enjoyed uh, going to the river and having a good time and fishing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he uh, Jansen was the youngest, correct? Uh-huh. Jansen was the yes, youngest. Was my baby. Okay. And, and did he uh, work? Did he have a job like uh, maybe late teens into his 20s? Um, what did he, he do? Did. He, was, he, he put air conditioners and stuff in when he was a teenager, when he was around 16 year old. Huh. And he would work. He would work get up early in the morning on the, on the weekends when he wasn't working during the summer and he'd have to go in about four or five o'clock in the morning. And then he would come in with no rest and go see his girlfriend. And <clears throat> excuse me. one night he took and had a wreck, flipped his car and how he got killed. I, I mean, how he kept getting killed. I don't know. The good Lord just had his hand up on him. Flipped the car over in a creek. Nobody seen him. He had to crawl out of it up onto a highway. And a uh-huh. good lady come by. She said she didn't normally stop at night time for nobody, but she said something just told her to stop. And it was my son, and his arm was broke very badly. It was deformed very badly. And she took him to the hospital and called me. I was at work, oh my. and uh, he ended up having surgery on that arm. And it never was just right. It always hurt him real bad. They had to put pins and stuff in it. So did that get in the way of his air conditioning job then? Maybe carrying those things or something or what? Yes, he didn't. Um, um, he lost that job. with tribute to that because of his arm. And then he started working. Um, he worked over at Clarges for a while. That's when his little son was born, uh, Blade Brewer. And um, he passed away. And uh, Jensen was off from work from that. Uh-huh. And uh, then... I, um, I don't know. He uh, he would he done odds and end jobs. He always kept a job, and you know, he tried his best to pay his child support. He had three children in all. He had um, Blade, and he had Elva, and then um, Vivian, the baby one. And uh, he loved his children. He always spent time with them. He took time and you know spend with them. The, the little boy was always sick at the hospital a lot. Jensen would get off from work and go for and stay with him till. Uh, about midnight and come home had to get back up about four or five and go into work but he you know he tried to spend all his time he could and with them and um did you say that one of his children did you say one of his children passed away yes his oldest little boy did he passed away four days before he was three gorgeous little boy he had a head full of black hair little dimples big blue eyes like his daddy jensen was a gorgeous child when he was born he had a Blonde uh-huh. banana curl and uh, big eyes, uh, big pretty blue eyes, long eyelashes. He would made a beautiful girl. I wanted okay. one so bad. 
Okay. All right. Uh, well, okay. Uh, so he had so he had three children, but then one of them passed away. I mean, was that uh, a disease of some type or? Yes, he was born with his intestines on the outside, and they had to oh, do surgery on him. It's called a short gut syndrome. Yeah. And they had to take all of his intestines out, but a little bit, and they had to stretch them every so often. And he lived off the tubes, uh, the feeding tube, and um, he was getting better. He was getting better, and they found him in the bed dead one morning, and it was just devastating to all of us. But Jansen just never did get over it. He, uh, you know, it was times he would sit and cry and think about it. He missed him so much. And then these girls come along, and he loved uh-huh. them. You know, they was his pride and joy. And mm-hmm. uh, okay, so he had the he had the son who passed away, and then he ended up having two daughters. Two daughters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And approximately, how old were they when he disappeared? Just a few years ago. How old are they? Vivian was around. Um, she, well, I don't think she was even hardly two yet. She okay. wasn't. She turned two, and he disappeared in August, and she turned two in uh, November. Mm-hmm. And Eva was just a little bit older. Um, she was more like, I think she was more like four or five. Um, okay. Her birthday was in September. But she was adopted out. Uh, Jansen, it wasn't by his choice. He he had problems with that for a long time, but his first cousin got her. The mother... The mother just wasn't a mother material. She just couldn't handle it. And um, mm-hmm. the little girl, she gave the little girl up. Of course, Jansen was kind of forced to go with it. But we did place her where he would get to see her. And the mother, that uh, his cousin adopted her, Jansen got to see her and spend time okay. with her. Okay. He, uh, okay. he got to see her just a few days before, well, a few months before he disappeared. He got to see her on Father's Day. And then he disappeared in August. So okay, so he had these two daughters, but one of them had been adopted out, but the other one was under his care. Is in the mother's yeah. okay, right? His mother had custody of him, but he he was paying child support, and we we kept her the biggest part of the time. She was here the day that he disappeared. He had her yeah, playing we'll with her on his shoulder. We right. made pictures and stuff, and okay. we um, he spent a lot of time with her. She loved her father. Okay. Let's talk about one more thing regarding Jansen before we get uh, deeper into the disappearance. Now, Jansen did have some legal difficulties. I mean, how would you, we don't need to get too deep into them, but how would you explain, you know, what happened there? Uh, how to explain what happened to Jansen? Well, no, what, he had some legal difficulties. You know, he had some yes, run-ins with the when law. He was a teenager, when he was a teenager, he... Him and um, a little neighborhood boy hung out with. They stole a motorcycle, mm. and that got him into trouble. Um, he, uh, of course, the, he ended up paying for the motorcycle. He uh, went to court and got put in jail and everything. He was on probation. He ended up paying for the motorcycle, paying the guy back for the motorcycle. And then um, he took in, um, you know, of course, was on uh, probation, and he got caught with the marijuana once, but a, a lot of times when he went to jail it was because him and his girlfriend got into it, which was the mother of his children. They would get into fights, and she would call the laws and have him arrested. And um, but I, he never got into nothing real serious, nothing you know, 
no killing or no, nothing okay. real bad. Okay. Yeah. And, a real bad person. All right. And at the, at the time of his disappearance, uh, just to ask, were there any warrants out for his rest? Was he all cool with the courts and everything else? Was anybody looking for him in law enforcement that you know of? No, he he was paying on his child support. He had been working and everything. Not that I know of. He didn't have no warrants or anything. Okay. All right. Let's move on to this now. Um, Daniel Braden, just to specifically ask you, had you ever even heard this name before, before Jansen disappeared, ever? No. No, I'd never seen the guy until I saw pictures of him that laws brought to us. Okay. And, well, on top of that, you'd never seen him before either. No, no. Okay. Okay. And since being that this has been over two years since Jansen disappeared, you've had a chance, of course, to talk to your sons, maybe friends of Jansen, anything. Did any of them ever, you know, know about Daniel, ever see him before, anything like that? No, none of them. The only ones that I knew, knew anything about him was uh, Scotty Hughes. Okay, and we're going to talk um, about Scotty, we, right? Yeah, we, uh, but hey, only way we knew was that his name was Sean. Right. This bald-headed guy that had tattoos, his name was Sean. We didn't know he was Daniel. His name was Daniel Brayton. Okay. And so you had heard, you, you didn't know, maybe you had heard of Sean or something, but you'd never met him, you never saw him, and you had only we, maybe I heard about him. I didn't know of Sean until the day he, he came up missing. That, okay. Chris, uh, uh Chris Luna was the one that mentioned him, said his name was Sean. Right. and we're, Yeah, right. And we're, we'll get into that. But um, so just want to make clear, though, that anybody in your family had never seen or heard of Daniel Braden by his real name, Daniel Braden, before uh, Jansen disappeared. That's right. No, okay. none of us did. I don't know. Uh, okay. And since then, um, have you found out any information on how your son and Daniel might have met? They met through Scotty Hughes. That's the way I understood it. Um, okay. Scotty had met him, um, I think, on the internet or something, as fishing or something, and he had come mm-hmm. down. And um, and I, I still don't understand how him and Jensen got together. All I know is he let Jensen borrow his truck, and the dude was with him. And, right. and he did, I don't know. Right. Okay. And we should know for the record that Jensen was – uh, 27 when he disappeared, but Daniel Braden quite a bit older. I think he was in his 40s. Quite a bit I older. Thanks, so. yeah. yeah, he was older. Yeah, quite a bit older. Okay. All right. That's um being that you just mentioned this truck. Um, what was going on with Jansen in this truck? Do you have any recollection of um how long he'd been driving it? And of course, like you mentioned, Scotty Hughes was the guy who. I loaned it to him. Do you have any recollection on how long Jansen had been driving Scotty's truck? I think a couple of weeks or longer. He had been doing things for Scotty. I think he was trying to buy it off of Scotty, and he was uh, helping him and making payments on it to buy it. The way I understood it, that's what he was doing. Okay. And what did you think about that? Did that sound a little weird to you or shady? or I mean, the way you knew Scotty, was that something that, you thought was on the up and up. Were you okay with it? What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, Scotty had sold him a car before. Jensen had bought a car from him before, a little gray car, oh, and um, okay, you know, had worked it out. And uh, so, I didn't think nothing of that. 
No. Of course you wouldn't, especially if Jansen had bought a car off of Scotty. And maybe you personally, or maybe even your family, how long had they known about Scotty Hughes before Jansen disappeared? Is, like, Scotty a guy from the neighborhood or what? He was. He lived across the road from us uh, where we used to live on Avon Street. Uh, Scotty had bought a house. The neighbor that had lived there had passed away. And uh, Scotty, had, his daddy had bought it for him to move in. He lived there across from us. And that's how Jensen met him, how all of us okay. met him. And how long, how many years would you say that you, your family and Jensen knew Scotty? How long? Oh, probably, I, probably around three or four years. You'd okay. say, or maybe longer. Okay. Yeah. All right. So maybe since 2011, 2012, something like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, your overall impression uh, of Scotty as a neighbor over that time? Good neighbor? Good guy? What do you think? Well, he's he's not. He well, I mean, his he wasn't just all there, and he had problems. He had drug problems. Okay. And um, he had been in and out of institutions and stuff. He's you know, but I mean, he was a sweet person. He he'd always mm -hmm. he was sweet everybody you know and he'd come over and it was real nice he didn't cause any problems or anything you know mm -hmm. but you was, just uh, knew that he just had some things going on in his personal life maybe uh yeah he was just okay. i mean he's real sweet to the neighbors everybody knew he had problems but he he would make you laugh he was the kind of purpose a person okay. that would make you laugh not maybe you would not a violent guy Nothing like that. Never no. shouting at the neighbors or doing anything crazy like that. Nothing like that. Well, sometimes he would get up and say it. Yeah, he, if, if, what kind of mood? Or sometimes he was like like he had bipolar or something like He was a very moody person, like a split, split personality. Like if he got upset with you or something, he might scream and holler at you, you know. Okay. Okay. All right. So he's living across the street. You get to see him fairly often. Maybe he has some troubles in his life, but, um, you know, maybe just, you know, you're getting along with him just fine. Um, at this point of uh, August of 2016, how often were you seeing Jansen? Was he living at home with you? Uh, how often were you talking to him? Um, he had just moved back home. He'd been staying with his brother and sister-in-law for a few weeks. They had got into it. He couldn't get along with his sister-in-law very much. Mm. So he moved back home with us, and he was living out in a uh, camper with his friend, Chris Luna. Mm -hmm. Chris had nowhere to go. He was homeless. And we told him that Chris, uh, you know, he couldn't, He had to find him somewhere else to go. He couldn't stay long. So we made Chris leave. And, of course, because we, we didn't feel, we didn't know Chris real well, so we didn't feel safe with him in the house. So we made him stay out in the camper, and we'd lock the door at night. But now when Chris left, we let Jensen come back in, and uh, he was spending time with his daughter because his daughter stayed down here a lot. I took care of her a lot, and she was here. So um, Jensen would sleep, you know, sleep with her and get up with her and change her, and he took real good care of her. He had a daddy bond with the, with the, his daughter. Okay. Now, how would you say his demeanor uh, was the time leading up to his disappearance? Because... As you know, I got to talk to your other son, Josh, uh, Joshua, mm -hmm. and uh, like um, not long before uh, Jansen disappeared, they went swimming and they had, you know, brother to brother talk. And he seemed to think that Jansen was uh, a little paranoid and maybe some things were going on, 
you know, in his mind that doesn't seem he was being too open about. How do you remember that? He did seem paranoid. I mean, at the time, I mean, I thought, I know one night I came in from going with my daughter-in-law to take one of my granddaughters to the hospital. She was sick with a virus. And we got back around 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And as I pulled up and turned the lights off, Jansen spooked me because he come around and I said, son, what are you doing at this time of the night? And he said, mom, I was just checking, seeing who it was. And I said, why are you so paranoid? I said, are you scared? Are you uh, into some more trouble or something? He said, why do you always think I'm into trouble, mom? I said, well, because sometimes you are. I said, do you, we need to talk about it? And he said, no, I ain't no kind of trouble. I'm just fine. He said, I just wanted to see who it was. Well, I found that kind of, you know, that he was kind of paranoid. Okay. And, um, never gave, never gave any explanation, never gave any explanation for it. No, no, he didn't. Okay. I didn't think really nothing of it until after he got gone. Okay. You know. And did you see him being that he was at your house? Did you see him having a, of course, he's driving Scotty's truck. Did you have him see, see him have any interactions with Scotty while he was staying over at your place? Like, did they go out and like talk in the yard or anything like that? No, uh, Scotty brought him. They come over one day and brought me a swing. Jensen had my other swing had broke on my front porch, and Jensen had bought it off of Scotty for me. And um, he come by and helped my uh, husband, which is J- uh, Jensen's stepdaddy. Uh, mm-hmm. They come by to work on his pickup one day. There was something wrong with that and um, worked on it, and Scotty was with them. But um, any other time, I mean, Scotty wasn't, you know, wasn't around. He just every once in a while he'd come down with Jansen. All right, so it's not like Jansen and Scotty were around a lot, but even though Jansen was driving Scotty's truck around. Right, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that day of the disappearance, and this is important because – um, you got to see him, uh, Jansen, that day. How do you remember that day, getting up in the morning, and what went on? He played a lot with his daughter. He had um, slept with her overnight and took care of her and uh, was had her up on his shoulders. We made some pictures. He put sunglasses on her and stuff, and they were uh, cutting up and carrying on and um, spent time with her, and he said, Mama – Make sure you watch my baby good, take good care of her. And I said, son, you know I will, because, you know, I'm a grandmother. I took care of all of my grandkids. And uh, mm-hmm. I told him I would, and he said, well, we're, I'm going to and he borrowed uh, my husband's fishing pole. And I told him, I said, you take good care of that fishing pole, because he's he had it for a long time. And he said, Mom, I will. I'll bring it back when I'm done. Mm-hmm. So he started to walk off, and I said, you better come back here and give me a hug and kiss. And he did. I said, because mm-hmm. you don't never know, you know, when something might happen. And that was the last time I got a hug and a kiss from him. It was the last time I saw him. And so you knew that he was going fishing with Chris? Yes. Okay. And were they, is this uh, fishing hole that they were going to far from your house? I mean, did they take, they had to take the truck to get there? Is it far, like a couple miles or what? Well, it's probably about 15 or 20 minutes from the house. It's a canoe canoe rental place over in, um, Arn City, um, that's where they were going fishing, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they were going canoeing or not, but I do, I do know they were fishing. You know, they was going over there going fishing. Okay. And once again, in talking to your other son, Josh, was was Josh supposed to meet up with him? He told me something about how they forgot the worms or something like that. Had, what, what's he that? Called, he had called Josh and asked Josh would he bring him some worms, and Josh told him he would. 
And then Josh got the worms and was trying to get a hold of him and never could get a hold of him to find out, you know, where to bring the worms to, you know. Oh, okay. And that's the last we heard of him. His phone was turned off after that, and that was that. We never did hear from him. Okay. All right. So then when we, we're going to get into what, you know, Chris said and everything, but when did you personally start thinking that something wasn't right? Was it that day? Was it that night? I mean, what, what was it for you? Actually, it was on a Sunday. Jensen left on a Friday, mm-hmm. and he told me that it was my birthday. My bir- He left on the 19th. My birthday was the 22nd, which my birthday was the day after. We had a, a dinner. We was going to have a, a birthday dinner at the park at St. Joe, and mm-hmm. uh, he told me he would be there. And... um. He said, Mom, I won't miss it. It was also Gilbert's birthday, the little guy that lives in the house with his mental challenge. And um, he's grew up with my children. And, and uh, he said, Mom, I, wouldn't, I won't miss it for nothing. He said, you know, I'll be there. I said, all right. Well, then Sunday when he didn't show up, I knew something was wrong. And then my, br- uh, my son showed up, Jonathan, my middle son. Mm-hmm. And he said, Mama, Jensen's missing. Nobody has seen him since Friday, since he left. Wow. And uh, I said, he surely ain't missed. And I said, he just probably got off and, and uh, hadn't paid no attention what time. And he said, no, Mama, I know something's happened to him. I know he's missing. And then his wife chimed in and um, she said, yeah, I think I, I think something bad's happened to him. And I said, well, why would y'all think that? And so um, huh. okay. was, um, so know, that was Sunday. So he went fishing. So you went fishing on Friday, and this is on Sunday, so it's like two days later. You hadn't heard from him. You didn't think it was odd that maybe he didn't come back to your house after fishing or or what? Well, no, not really, because, I mean, Jensen, he'd hang out with girls and go, you know, like camp out and stuff. So, no, but when he didn't show up for Sunday for the dinner, then I knew Mm. something was wrong. Okay. And like you said, it was your other son, your oldest son, Joshua, who tried calling uh, Jansen on Friday about the worms and everything, and he didn't get any response at some point right. Friday. Okay. Do you remember oh, maybe yeah. just in retrospect what time that um, Jansen went out to go fishing that Friday? Oh, it was before dark. He went, I want to say it was right after dinner, maybe around one or two o'clock. Okay. One or two. Okay. Yeah, one or two in the afternoon. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So what'd you do that Sunday? You know, people were starting to say, hey, we haven't heard from Jansen. We haven't seen Jansen. Maybe they've even tried calling him and, uh, you know, he hasn't responded. What'd you do? Did you call the, did you call the police? What'd you do? I didn't write to him because I was expecting to come home. I, you know, I figured he was probably off with some girl or some of his friends and he just let time go and didn't realize it. And Jansen was bad to forget too because had, ADHD, he was very forgetful. He was very forgetful as a child. You'd have to okay. remind him, even forget books and stuff at school, and I'd have to take them to him. So he was very forgetful. So I didn't really think a whole lot of it, but it worried me when John come and, you know, said that he thought he was missing. And, and then his wife said she thought that, you know, that something bad had happened to him. And it got me thinking, and when I didn't, we, none of us could reach him and get a hold of him. And then, then we got the laws involved. Yeah. Okay. So did the did the police come out on Monday then? Maybe the next day or what? On Wednesday. Okay. And so they came out. Did you, did you fill out a report? Uh, and what they do? We did, and I told them about you know Chris Luna coming out here in the field with nothing but just his pants on. 
And yeah. I asked him what he was doing, and he said he was looking for his bill fall. And I asked him where was Jansen? Why wasn't Jansen with him? And then's when he told me that Jansen was with a guy named Sean that he had left going to Florida, um, and that he made him get out of the truck, wouldn't let him go with him. Okay, let's all right. Let's go over that a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, when okay. did you when did you see Chris after that Friday? Oh, uh, it was like on a Monday. So like three days later? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like on a Monday out here. Okay, so yeah. the, the day before, it's, so the day before, everybody's saying we haven't seen Jansen. And then the next day, Chris, what is uh, where do you see Chris? He was in my field out here beside of my house. Is that right? Up. Yeah, and I couldn't figure out what he was doing out here, which is the, the dogs were barking. That's what got my attention. Mm-hmm. And I went out there and I saw him and I asked him, I said, Chris, what are you doing? And I asked him where Jansen was. And he, he, that's what he told me. He said he hadn't seen Jansen since. So we were getting suspicious, you of know, course. about what had happened to him and stuff. And when we still didn't hear from him, then I knew, you know, we was getting right. worried that something okay. happened. So when you saw Chris the next day and he said that Jansen had gone off with this guy, quote unquote, Sean, um, that kind of went along with what you had heard the, the the day before when people were saying that they hadn't seen Jansen in a few days. And then yeah. then Chris tells you, well, he went off with this guy, Sean, you know, and he described him. And did you get the impression when you talked to Chris that Monday, three days after Jansen disappeared, that, that Chris kind of knew Sean? Had he ever seen him before? What was your impression? Yeah, I mean, he acted like he kind, you know, he knew him that he they'd been around each other, and mm-hmm. um, actually, he he'd met him up at um, Scotty Hughes's. I think Chris had stayed up at Scotty Hughes's too, so he'd been sleeping on the couch up there. So that's where he'd met him at. Okay, did Chris ever actually find what he was looking for in your field? No, and I don't mm-hmm. even think it. That's what he was really looking for. To tell you the truth, I mean, it might have been, but. I found that kind of weird. Okay, know. well then, I, then I just have to ask you: What do you think he was doing in your field? I don't really know. I mean, it had us worried because I didn't. He had um, none of his family wanted anything to do with him. They had put a straining order against him, so oh, I was afraid that you know that he might have been up to something out here. I didn't know if he was stealing. I didn't know what he was doing. I just found it kind of weird that he was out here. I, I and especially didn't have Jansen with him. I, I agree with you. Okay, so Chris tells you this story, and then on Wednesday, two days later, is when the police get involved. Um, when you filled out this report, or when you were talking to the cops, did you tell them about this? You told them about Chris, and you know, and then did you mention the Sean person as well? I sure did. Yes, we okay. did. We told okay. them every time we knew. Okay. Yeah. And at what point? In all of this, did you actually then finally find out that Sean's actual real name was Daniel Braden? Do you remember? Oh Lord, I think it was um, it was a few weeks, wasn't it, Pat? Maybe. Oh. I it was a few weeks before we found out for sure. That I think it was when the law started investigating stuff and finding out. And my oldest son also did. He was um pulling up on the internet and stuff, finding mm-hmm. out, and he had heard. Something about his name was Daniel Braden. So, um, yeah, and he started pulling up information trying to find out. Okay, very good. Um, So Chris comes forward with with his story. You think the police talked to him. 
Um, then there was this other story that St- Scotty Hughes, once again, the guy who um, let Jansen borrow his truck. And, of course, not only was Jansen missing, Daniel allegedly, seemingly at that point hadn't been seen, and neither was Scotty's truck. They were all two people and a truck were missing. When did you finally get to talk to Scotty Hughes, and when did he tell you uh, the story about Jansen and Daniel staying at his place that night? That Friday night. He didn't ever did tell us that Jensen had spent the night uh, mm. for a long time. He just uh, was upset about his truck, said Jensen had borrowed his truck and he hadn't brought it back. And he had their mind to report it stolen. And then later I found out he really wasn't going to report the truck stolen because Jensen had been trying to buy it off of him. But he, he said he was going to do that. He thought that would make Jensen come back and be scared. Yeah. And none of us really thought that nothing bad had happened to Jensen. We just thought that he, you know, maybe he had run off with this guy. Yeah. This guy had talked him into going with him. And, um, and not even the laws. I mean, they didn't believe anything. We couldn't convince them that something bad right. happened either. We thought right. Jensen had run off. But right. Jensen was a kid that he always kept in touch with, with his mother, his brothers. And for him to go after after a week or so went by and he didn't contact us, then we knew for sure something happened because Jensen didn't go without contacting us and finding out about his little daughter. And, you know, he just didn't yeah. do that. Right. Okay. Something happened. Um, how, how long after, if you can remember, uh, how long after Jensen disappeared on that Friday, when did you finally run into Scotty Hughes for the first time? Being that he was your neighbor who lived right across the street. I had been questioning, talking to him on the phone. Uh, Mm. Scotty told us he went straight down to Florida hunting for him. And there was a storm going on. A a hurricane was brewing. And he was down in the middle of that storm. And uh, I told him he didn't need to go. But he said, yes, I'm going. I'm going down there to see if I can't find him or see what happened to him. So he went down and visited his old um, girlfriend that Jensen had broke up with. He went with a girl down in Florida. Okay. And... uh, he also run across Daniel Braden's um, ex-wife, and he t- was telling us that he had found out bad things about him, and that uh, um, that he found out that he was dangerous, and that something bad may have happened to Jensen. That's when we got to thinking something might have really happened. Um, okay. But the, the law still at that point didn't think that nothing had happened to him. They just thought Jensen had run off. And I said, well, you know, Jensen didn't have a reason. He had everything paid up. He was working, paying on his child support, you know, and he was on probation. Why would he run off? He had his probation paid up. He wasn't in no trouble right then. So there was no reason for him to be running off. Okay. Did, when Chris told you that, you know, that uh, this guy, Sean, who we now know as Daniel, and Jansen were going to go uh, to Florida or something. Did that seem plausible to you at all? Did that seem like a good story or not? Well, I kind of thought, yeah, he probably went down to his girlfriend. That's what I thought, too. Same as Scotty Hughes. I thought, well, you know, he went back down there to try to uh, get back with her. But I knew that if he crossed the state, he'd be in trouble. But I thought, well, maybe he slipped down there. This guy's talked him into it. And but you know this guy. They said this guy had, had told Jensen they was going. They was going to make some money. They was going to do a quick quick run. They was going to make some money. And I thought, well, this guy probably talked Jensen into going because Jensen's a real person that he'll listen to people and mm-hmm. he's, he's real advanced. You know, talked okay. into stuff. All right, and the way it makes you know the way Chris describes what happened that Friday is that. Um, 
Jansen and Chris are together. We don't know if they ever ended up fishing or not, but um, that somehow Daniel comes along. I mean, was he waiting somewhere? Did Do we know if Daniel came by in his own vehicle? Do we know anything about that at all? The way I was told, I think Daniel was with them. They were they were all together, him and Chris and all of them mm, together, and then they okay. just made Chris get out. They wouldn't let all Chris right, go just, with them. Okay, I understand that now. Thank you. Okay, so they just said, no, we're going to go do something, and Chris, you're not invited. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, so the police, um, then you don't find out for a couple of weeks what Daniel Braden's real name is, and Scotty Hughes, who you know, suddenly is the one that we believe introduced Daniel to Jansen. Then he suddenly allegedly discovers that Daniel Braden's a pretty bad guy. I don't know if whether I, I believe. First, Scotty even knew his real name. I think Scotty knew him as Sean, too, because okay. um, that's what everybody was going by, Sean. And okay. I think um, Scotty might have, you know, he kept on trying to figure out, find out where his truck was, where Jansen was. And I think that's when, you know, they all, found, everybody found out that it was, he wasn't really Sean. Right. He'd been using Ellis names, other names. Right. And I should tell the listeners that as of we're doing this uh, interview on November 4th, 2018, of course, Jansen is missing. And to this day, Daniel, otherwise known as Sean, is also missing, is also missing. Yeah. And the truck yeah. is missing. The truck is gone, too. Yeah. Okay. It's like all, of them, all three of them, is, uh, I mean, all, both of them and the truck has disappeared off the face of the earth. What it's just, and nobody knows nothing. That's, that's the way it seems. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about uh, a few other things. Uh, being that Jansen uh, did have a cell phone, uh, were they able to track it? Is there any um, information they that you've ever... They told me it was because it was a prepaid phone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they couldn't. Yeah, they really. It took them a long time to do it, but they never could uh, find anything on it. Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. So the way we're so. So the way we're going to uh, look at this is he Jansen is with Chris, and we're just going to keep calling him Daniel now. They are three together. They're allegedly going fishing, and then they kind of kick Chris to the side. Those two leave. And at some point, it doesn't seem too long after that, Jansen's phone stopped receiving messages because, as we know, your other son tried to call him. Right. Okay. But, you know, um, we had found out after that, and I didn't find this out until actually this year. Please. That he had spent the, he had spent the night. At, they had spent the night at Scotty's. So they had been fishing. They had come back. They had spent the night at Scotty's and left Scotty's that Saturday morning early. And left from there. And then somewhere they threw Chris out, didn't let Chris go with them from Scotty. I mean, that's, that's what we found out later. But All right. So, um, so, so we're all right. So let's just go through this maybe again now. They did actually go fishing. And, you know, and that's why I asked you about it before. Do you know for a fact? Yeah, Scotty had, yeah, Scotty told us this later, but I didn't find this out to this year that, um, if there's any truth to that, mm-hmm. that he did go fishing and came back. And they uh, stayed at Scotty's a while, and then they got up to leave that they had come up with this idea they was going to go make some money. And then somewhere on the way, they made uh, Chris get out. They wouldn't let him go with them. And then mm-hmm. that was the last Scotty heard of, of Jansen and the the Daniel Braden guy. Okay. Does it, all right, being that we're talking about Scotty's place, but Scotty lives right across the street from you. 
Well, when Jensen come up missing, I wasn't living across the street from from. No, um, you weren't. Uh, I was. I had already moved down here to St. Joe. Okay. I was living. I was living down here at the time. And, all right. And when did you move down there? We moved in uh, July of um, was it two thousand nine or ten? Okay. I want to think it's two thousand ten. We moved down here. Okay. And so when was Scotty living across the street from you? Um. When we when we lived up there, when I used to live on Avon Street, when Jasmine mm-hmm. was still, when he was, um, when Blade was living, his little son was living, and everything. Mm-hmm. That's when when he was uh, living okay. across the street. So that would have been several years before this disappearance. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, okay, I understand that now. All right, I was a little confused there. Okay, I'm so sorry. when they say they, that's all right. So when they came back to Scotty's, Scotty's place was then not close to your place at all. No, it's like 20 minutes away. 20 minutes away. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the cell phone wasn't able to be tracked. And then we also have the story that you didn't find out until this year that Scotty is saying that actually uh, they all came back to Scotty's and stayed over. And then it was the next morning that that Daniel and Jansen took off and left Chris behind. Yeah. they. I, the way I took it that, that he had took Chris with them. But some worse, they put Chris out. Now I never did understand where Chris was got, where Chris got out at, or mm. you know what point they made him. But they told him he couldn't go with them. Okay. Now looking back, though, being that you didn't find out this till this year, when you now look back, it's finding Chris in your yard or your field. Um, I guess twenty minutes away from where he would have been at Scotty's. Does the story that Chris told you that Monday and finding him in your field go along with what Scotty said this year, in your opinion? Kind of. It does. I made the laws. They took Chris Luna in and uh, done a lot of take the test on everything. And they said Chris was homeless. And that's, you know, that um, that's probably why Chris had nowhere to go. And he might have actually slept out there in the barn. There's a barn out here in his field from us. So they, they seem to think he might have been sleeping in that barn and got up the next morning. And that's why we saw him coming out of the field. And he used that for an excuse. Okay. I mean, that's what the law is telling me. Okay. Because, you know, the way it sounds to me, the way, you know, we've talked about this is Chris made it sound like that he got, you know, shoved aside by Daniel and Jansen on Friday. That they were out there. That's what. Whereas Scotty is saying that no, that didn't happen till the next morning. Right. So that's why I'm asking you. Does do you think that those two stories go together, or am I just seeing too much into this? What do you think? I don't think. I I still find that I think they both know a little bit more than they're not telling. I think. Okay. There's still more about the story that we're not finding out. All right, and that yeah. may be the reason that these two stories don't go seemingly go together very well. Right. Okay, very good. Right. Thank you. Um, we do have to introduce this because I have to say that relationships play a huge part in disappearances. But did Scotty Hughes uh, have a thing for your son, Jansen? Uh, was Scotty gay, and did he have a thing for your son? He did. I mean, Scotty's gay, and he loved. He was in love with my son, and my okay. son wanted to be with women, and he mm-hmm. he loved him. He'd do anything he could do. He was always letting him, you know, like stay at his house. He wanted to. He let him borrow his vehicle. He'd give him money, anything he could do to 
to get Jansen's attention. But Jansen kept telling him that he did, you know, he wanted to be with women. He didn't want to be with him. Mm-hmm. But um, Scotty didn't give up. He loved him. And my scenario was that I I felt like, you know, that he might have had something to do with him disappearing because he was so much in love with him. He felt like if he couldn't have nobody would. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's kind of way I felt like because he was so much. Even the law said that, you know, they could tell the way he was talking and stuff that he was in love with Jansen. I mean, okay. he admitted it. He admitted he was. Okay. And know. he had known Jansen for a long time. Once again, you used to live across the street from him. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. And how would you say that Scotty Hughes reacted to his truck uh, being gone, of course, disappeared along with these two men? And did he ever file a stolen vehicle report? As far as I know, the laws had tried to get him to. They was they told him, you know, that if he would, that they could probably um, try to put a warrant out on him, try to get him back. But he didn't want to get Jansen into trouble. He knew Jansen was on probation. And, and as far as I know, he never did. Okay. All right. So he seemed to be, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if we would say happy about it, but he seemed to be perfectly fine, not filing any sort of report. And just was going to, I guess, say, well, I may not get that truck back. Right. And, of course, he hasn't gotten his truck back, as far as we know, because the truck is still missing along with Jansen and Daniel. So we have um, Scotty, who might have had a thing for your Jansen. Uh, Of course, you believe he did. I wasn't there, but I'm going to believe you. And then we have this truck that he loaned to Jansen, maybe because he liked Jansen. Uh, You know, kind of a, I don't know, a gift. And then uh, he doesn't do anything about this truck uh, being stolen or not stolen, but gone. It wasn't stolen, but gone. Just getting back to Jansen's cell phone. uh, As far as you know, there was no activity on Jansen's cell phone after that Friday. No, not that we know of. uh Okay. All right. Let's talk. I'm not going to use this guy's last name, but there is a guy. His name is Jim who popped up uh, in this uh, discussion. Uh, Who is he and how could he be possibly involved in these two men's disappearance? Okay, he uh, he keeps the band. Well, we're, we're, and, uh, let me just say this, and we aren't going to use his last name for security and you know privacy purposes, but just okay. we're, we're just going to call him Jim. Okay. So please. He he has been involved in other murders. Right now, he is in jail for uh, just murdering an, another guy, and possibly supposed to be involved in some murders that was going on in Lawrence County. Uh, there was like four men come up. Uh, mm-hmm. killed, murdered, you know, just within a week or two's mm-hmm. time. And, mm-hmm. um, but his name keeps being brought up. We was told that he had a head, um, had a hit on Jansen's head to kill him. Why would that be? And we, um, because he was involved with drugs, um, that he had sold Jansen some drugs and that Jansen didn't get the money back to him in time and that he made example of Jansen by killing him uh, to let they would, that nobody else would do him dirty, you know, mm-hmm. that they would pay. Do you believe that story? Do you think that Jansen did owe this guy money? Yes. From what I found out that he has. Okay. Yeah, that he did. Okay. And so um, uh, Jansen was involved in a little bit of that business on the side then in the, the yeah, St. Joe's area. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you think that this gym guy knew Daniel Braden somehow? We don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure. Okay. I seem to do. I seem to do because there was another um, guy that hung out with him that was possibly supposed to be kin to this Braden guy, mm-hmm. Daniel Braden. So um, I'm saying that he most likely probably did. But I mean, as far as being sure of it, I don't know. So we have this uh, Jim. Uh, I'm guessing you've never got to speak to him personally. Do you think the, the police have talked to him about Jansen's disappearance? Yeah, they, I mean, it is. Try to get him to, to talk to him, but mm. they won't. I don't know. Um, they claim that they've talked to him some, but they won't uh, get into it with him because they're trying. They was trying to catch him. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. They don't. The laws won't tell us a whole lot. They won't talk to us a whole lot because they ha- they said that they weren't allowed to tell us, go in details and tell us everything because of the case. Right. But um, we have been, I mean, I have thrown a fit about them talking to him, you know, that they need to question him. They need to bring him in, be rough with him, trying to, you know, try to get him to talk because it always goes back to this guy. And I believe on my heart, he had something to do with Jensen's disappearance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I I can't argue with that. Uh, did Scotty Hughes know this gym guy? Yes. All right. And just be, would you say because of illegal business reasons or would you say just because they all happen to live in the same town? Probably the business. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we have this gym guy who seems like a possible um, suspect, maybe. Uh, I did. Maybe he has something against Jansen. We just don't know. We don't know if that's a rumor or not. But um, you know, would then he also do something to Daniel Braden? Not sure. We have Scotty Hughes, who might have had his own motivations, considering he and um, you know he liked Jansen and might have felt like uh, jilted in, in some way. Uh, Daniel Braden himself is not a very good. Uh, person and he might have lured Jansen in, into something. So there's a lot of different possibilities. Um, but as far as Jansen and, and Daniel, has anybody been able to determine uh, who they might have been meeting or where they might have been going? Is there any proof that they, you know, I live in Florida, that they came to Florida or they went to Alabama? Is there any proof of any of that? There's no proof that he went to Florida. Uh, someone said in Jansen uh, Mall in Alabama, that uh, Jansen was spotted with this guy at the time they said called him uh, Sean, but I don't know if there's any, any proof to that or not. Okay. No. So as far as we know, the last person that saw him was me that knew he was alive, and then of course Lee Scotty. He, you know, Scotty claimed that they were at his place. So right. And then Chris Luna. So right. Do you, you know? Do you know of anybody like of Scotty's neighbors has ever said, "Oh yeah, we saw." Uh, Jansen no. and Daniel, like, or they if saw they the truck out front, or anybody. If they have not, nothing's been said about it. Okay, because I would think that if they spent the night, then the truck would be out front, and somebody would have, um, excuse me, reported it. Yeah, I would have said something. I would have quite the laws would have questioned, but you know, I don't know. The laws ain't really. They claim that they're doing everything they can do. 
Mm-hmm. But it's just it's like that because Jensen's been in trouble before and everything. It's like that he's put on the back burner like he don't mean anything, you know, because he's not no big person, big um, judge or the lawyers or doctor's son, you know. He's just um, a regular kid that had been on drugs and stuff, so he's like a nobody, and he's like not a whole lot's been done. He's not really been on TV very much. So nobody has come down here and interviewed me. I even had to go out to Jackson to put his um, data, had to have his uh, DNA and everything put on database and put worldwide. They never even asked me for DNA. They've never asked me, not the first time. And they've never asked me for none of his dental records or anything. I had to do all that myself, uh, get involved with the forensic science and get all that put in database. And who is who is the investigative body? Who is heading up? You know, who is responsible? I should say for this case at this time. President Driver, he's the investigator that's over it right now. Is that like uh, a, a county sheriff or something like that, or or who? Just investigator um, for the county. For the county, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And do you believe that their opinion still to this day, and once again, it's been two years and some months, is that Jansen and Daniel just kind of ran off? Do you think that's still their attitude or what do you think? No, I don't. I don't believe it. I know. I know you. I know you don't believe it. How do you think the police feel about it? What do you think they think? Well, they they told us that they believe Jansen has been murdered or something's happened to him. Now, that's they have come to believe that now. But for about a year there, they they thought that Jensen had ran away. But now, yeah. other day, he made a remark that he thought that Jensen could be with Daniel Braden over in Mexico. Right. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. They'll tell us one thing and then something else. But I don't know what they really think, to tell you the truth. Okay. Uh, it's been okay. two years and some months. I know it's been very difficult for you um what kind of support are you getting maybe from your other two sons i know i know you've told me that your older son joshua has really and of course like i said i've talked to him has you know been doing his best to try to figure out what happened he my older son has always been here for us and and he's been doing his own investigating my middle son i don't know um we don't really talk very much because there's hard feelings there. And it's not because of Jensen. It's because of his wife. He's married to now. He has, um, I've got grandchildren by his first wife and there's a lot of problems going on from there. So I really don't get to talk to him. Mm. But I know my oldest son, he has really been investigating him on his own, trying to yeah. find out everything he can using sources that he has. Right, uh, I, and I've also had my nephews. I've got some of my nephews and some of the family members that's tried their best. They've talked to people and tried to, and right. we've even I've even went out myself at night with my nephews and a few of them investigated at night, tried to talk to people, and we couldn't get them to talk to us. And you know that I knew that they knew something, but they ran off. And I had, we had one guy one night to run off, ran on the back of his trailer, and run into the woods because he was terrified to talk to us, and I couldn't figure out what that was about. All I wanted to do was, you know, to find out. He mm. knew my son he knew something about it, but he wouldn't tell us. He was ter- terrified to talk about it, so we never get no words on that. Have you had an opportunity to talk to maybe the mother of one of Daniel's daughters about all of this? Any insight that they've had? Yeah, she went in with me once 
um, she went in with me once and talked a little bit about it. But um, and then another time, uh, Captain Adam Burr, which is I think he stepped down now because they've had election and everything. But before he had stepped down, he had told her to watch herself because, you know, there was people coming up dead and killed um, in Lawrence County. And he told her to kind of watch and be careful with what with herself. But um, I don't know if they've ever found out for sure or not. I know Jensen called her the night that he come up missing and he was crying and she hung up on him. She um, was seeing somebody else and that she thought he just wanted to call to argue. And but she mm-hmm. after she hung up, she said he was crying. She'd never heard him cry in such a way. And she said she has to live with that the rest of her life because she had never heard him cry and take on like that. So and let's just, let me just put this up. let me just put that in the timeline. This is something new. When did Jansen call the mother of one of his I daughters? Her the night, the night, I guess that he come up missing because she said that um then she found out that, you know, that something bad happened to him. She always regretted it if she didn't talk to him and see because he loved her. He worshipped the ground she walked on. In his eyes she never done it wrong. So, so are um, you saying this call would have taken place on Friday night, the day that he disappeared? Yes. Even yeah. though we are, you know, understanding earlier in this conversation was that nobody had talked to him. Like Joshua tried to call him and he didn't pick up the phone. You believe that this, you believe that this call took place that night? I believe it took place that night or one night. Well understood. She said it was the night that he, the night that before he come up missing that he called her. And she mm-hmm. didn't tell me this for a long time hmm. because she was afraid to tell me. She was afraid I would blame her for it. But she said, you know, she was messed up. She was messed up on drugs. Yeah. And she didn't want to fuss and argue with him. And she said she didn't take it in. She just thought that he was arguing, fussing with her over the guy, trying to get her to come back to him. And so she hung up with him. And then she never heard from him in the morning and found out he was missing. She said she wished she would have talked to him because she felt like that he had something to tell her. But she hung up. Mm. She never listened. I don't know what to make of that. That's a little. I don't know. That's the being that she waited that long to tell you makes me suspicious. Frankly, well, it's always made me suspicious. I've always wondered if she didn't maybe have something to do with it too. Okay, well, that, uh, that's uh, I can't rule that out. Of course, um, have you had an opportunity over the last two plus years to talk to Scotty Hughes and Chris? Are they still around the area? Um, you know, do do you ever run into them? Does does Jansen's name ever come up? Uh, yes, I've talked to Scotty, and he's still the same story. He gave me saying the world. He knew where he was. He loved him with all of his heart. He wished he could come back, but he knows something bad's happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my son, oldest son, he has a video um, of him talking. I mean, he don't. It's not a video of him. It's a video of the talking. Um, of Scotty Hughes talking and saying that, you know, that he knows what happened to Jens. He knows that um, a certain person had killed him and everything. But um, as far as proving, it's been turned over to the laws. The laws has heard it, but nothing's been done about it. How did this video get made? Somebody had typed uh, Scotty talking. I guess he was um, messed up one night, and he was talking about it, and he was telling all about it, and they they took and taped it while he was talking. Wow. 
Yeah. But they went and checked the place out where Jensen was supposedly supposed to have been killed and fed yeah. the hogs, as they said, but nothing yeah. come of it. They they took the cadaver dogs out. They they didn't find anything. They pumped the septic tank. Nothing was found. So, so far, nothing, okay. you know. Okay. And what about Chris? When was the last time you saw him? Oh, honey, it's probably been a long time ago. He come up another time after that in my driveway and said he was leaving. He was going to go to Florida, try to hunt for Jansen. And he felt so bad because he didn't have Jansen's back. He said, I should have never let him make me leave. I should have stayed in the truck with him. And uh-huh. um, he promised to God in front of me, you know, and told me that I promised to God I didn't have anything to do with it. He was my bro. I didn't have anything to do with his uh, disappearing. I promised to God. I wish I could find him. And, you know, that I have not talked to him since. Okay. All right. See, so, um, and to your knowledge, uh, Jansen, to your knowledge, had he ever gone on any trips like this, you know, allegedly to Florida for maybe some illegal reasons that you know of? He had had sneaked off before with the girl that he was seeing down in Florida Mm -hmm. and went down there and stayed a couple of months with her. And then sneak back because if probation had found out, he would have been in bad trouble. But he called and let me know, you know, that where he was. And I was trying to get him to come home because I said, son, you will be in trouble. You weren't supposed. But he said, mama, I've not, to go, I've not got to go to the beach. I've been in trouble so long. I don't get to go and do anything. And he said, I'm not in no trouble. I'm just with her. And I'm having a time of my life. And he said, I'll come home, which he did. He came home. Um. But that he he contacted me and his brother. Actually, mm. when his brother paid for him to come home, but um, for him to sneak off this time and not ask us for help for not calling us or anything, that's how we know something's not right. Something, right. you know, right. he's either held against his will or else, you know, he's dead. He's something's right. not right for him not to get in touch with us. Right. He wouldn't stay this long alone. This mm. long. As uh, have you ever had a chance to talk to his? Uh, you know, I know once once again that one of his daughters was given up for adoption, but the other daughter. How old is the other daughter now? Does she know that maybe daddy isn't around now? The little one, the little one talks about her daddy all the time. She claims she claims that she talks to her daddy. She I sneaked in on her when she'd be in the toy room. I have a toy room here at our house. And that she plays in, and I've sneaked up on her before, and I'd say, baby, who are you talking to? And she'd say, I'm talking to my daddy. I'd say, where is your daddy? She'd say, he's sitting right here playing with me. He's talking to me. Cold chills would run all over me. And then another time, she was on her swing out here in the yard, and I kept noticing her turning her head to the side. And I said, who are you talking to? And she said, I'm talking to my daddy. And I said, well, where is your daddy? She said, he's right here beside of me. And uh, she said, he's swinging with me. And that was one thing she loved doing. She was swinging with him the, uh, the day he left uh-huh. uh, that morning. Wow. I have a video of him. And, wow. Um, yeah. And she, I mean, it just runs cold chills all over you. And I told yeah, her, I, I said, bet. the next time, yeah, I said, the next time you see your daddy, tell him that Nana loves him. And she said, I will, Nana. I will. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, my, and, Laura. Wow. Wow. She'll be four this month. And she's, I mean, she's, you know, and it's hard to believe that a little child that little would make up something like that. So I, I believe that, you know, she's, he's her guardian angel. I believe that 
he is with her. So wherever he's had, I, I believe, you know, that he's with her. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I know, and once again, I know it's been, you know, difficult for you and you and I are going to keep in touch, you know, uh, as I tell all of my guests, this is just the beginning of us knowing each other, Laura, that even though, you know, this episode is going to come out, uh, this coming Friday, you and I are going to continue to talk to each other, you know, and I want to continue to, you know, help you in any way I can, you know, to get the word out. I I so appreciate it. I I appreciate it so much because we just really ain't been able to get the word out there. You know, it just seems like we're not getting any words. And Mm -hmm. I would really love to, you know, to have some closure. I'd really love to know, to find him or find out what happened to him, you know, because it's hard around the holidays, you know, when he's not here, it it makes it real hard, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to pray, pray and the Lord gets me through it from year to year. And from day to day, it's just hard. And I'm, I miss him so much. I miss his smiling face and him cutting up and carrying on. And there was days, you know, he, he was real hyper. He'd run to the house and play with the kids. And they'd get on your nerves sometimes. But I'd give <laughs> anything for him to get on my nerves now, you know, for him to be here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Any last words, Laura, before we complete this interview? If anybody knows anything, if there's anything, some little something, you know, it might help us. If if anybody knows anything that hasn't been said or done or hadn't been told, mm-hmm. just come forth and tell, you know, say, say what you know or the last time you've seen him or anything, you know, that might would help us out. We would be mostly appreciated. Right. Okay. All right. I think that's a good message. Uh, Laura, I appreciate you uh, joining me on this episode of Unfound. Thank you, and I appreciate you having having me. You're welcome. God bless you. <laughs> and that was my interview with Laura Jenkins, mother of Jansen Brewer. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. You've now heard Jansen's family's point of view on this disappearance. Obviously, Jansen was not a saint. But as you all know by now, we at Unfound don't care about that. Whatever he or Daniel or both were involved in is inconsequential to me. If their plan was to do something illegal that day or the next, they should have been caught and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, not made to disappear. That's not how civilized countries work. The question is still, though, what happened? Well, fortunately, I was able to speak with some people who knew Daniel Braden very well. They saw how he could be firsthand. And for purposes of this podcast, their identities will be protected. As I mentioned during the summary at the beginning of this episode, Daniel had a reputation for being both violent and a criminal, and those two often went together. Moreover, to the people who knew him and his real name, Daniel was not above setting up others to get lighter sentences. In fact, one of the stories I was told is that in the early 90s, Daniel had been caught doing something. And in an effort to get a reduced sentence, or even something lesser than that, he set up a fellow criminal by planning to steal a boat motor. When they showed up for the robbery, the police were waiting. Once everything was sorted out, Daniel was set free and the other man was taken to jail. I was told Daniel did this several times throughout the 1990s. This is not to say that the police always let Daniel off. In fact, he spent a lot of time in jail between the early 90s and the day he disappeared. To me, though, what it shows is that many people probably knew Daniel had this reputation. Is it possible somebody Daniel had set up in the past 
finally turned the tables on him, and Jansen got caught in the crossfire. Very possible. Yet, the additional question is whether even the people that Daniel set up knew his real name. Because in the same story about the boat motor, I was told that Daniel used his alias Sean. Yes, the same name he used 25 years later when meeting Jansen. What I can't ascertain is how often Daniel used his fake name and how many people knew his real name. Moreover, he used multiple aliases over the years, so I was told. But Sean was most prevalent. And in fact, what I was told by this person who knew Daniel well is that it's a very bad sign that he used the name Sean when around Jansen, Chris, and Scotty. To this source, this means that Daniel was obviously planning something illegal. He always used that alias when in the process of committing a crime or setting someone up. I repeat, always. What I also discovered, and I think this information is already out there in some forums, I got to speak to the source privately, is that Daniel, not long before disappearing, told someone he was in some trouble and he might be headed to Mexico. He made no mention of Jansen or Scotty or Chris or any other name for that matter, and he didn't specifically say what the trouble was. But I think the important point is that he never made a statement like that before, that he needed to get out of the country due to problems he was having. This call was followed up later by a rumor, after Daniel disappeared, that he was now a tour guide in Mexico. Yes, really. Something I find hard to believe. Daniel Braden doesn't sound like the tour guide type. This rumor, as far as I can tell, mentioned nothing about the fate of Jansen Brewer. I will also say that these sources I spoke to have no knowledge that Daniel can be connected to any other missing people. So I'm not sure what to think. Did Daniel Braden's sinister ways finally catch up with him and Jansen was an unsuspecting partner? Did Daniel just flat-out murder Jansen for the truck and whatever else? Or did Daniel set Jansen up, maybe for this gym guy, and Daniel got away clean? All possible scenarios. Yet, what I can't get out of my mind is how Scotty Hughes, so much later, well after the disappearance, came forward to say that Daniel, Jansen, and Chris spent the night of the 19th at his house. When I think to that point, everybody involved was under the impression that Daniel and Jansen disappeared on the day of the 19th because that's what Chris seemed to tell Laura on the day she encountered him, that Monday, three days after the disappearance. Why did Scotty wait so long to say they all stayed over? It could be that Scotty thought that the three men staying over at his place the night of the 19th was common knowledge, and then when he found out that it wasn't, is when he decided to speak up. It's very possible, we don't know. But then you add in he never filed a report about his missing truck, a report that would have assisted in the investigation, and as Laura stated, she thinks Scotty knows more than he is saying. That would make him more than just a witness. That would make him a person of interest. Also known as a suspect. I think the key is to figure out how Daniel and Scotty first met. Because Laura said Scotty introduced Daniel and Jansen. Because Daniel is not from that area, unlike Scotty and Jansen. I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.